life um, on wonderful internet. Um, so if you don't want your screen accidentally being shared, you can turn your screen off now. Um, I think it shouldn't, it shouldn't happen, but just in case you want to, you're aware of that. And so we're continuing with hearing amazing testimonies from people in our church. And this morning, Joe Rowell is going to share. And, and I think I just love how the theme for this morning has been international. We got Leah's dad from Trinidad. Then we got, it's just a whole international flavor. So I think Joe is just going to carry on, carry on with that and his amazing inheritance that he has. Um, so Marky G, do whatever you need to do, or if it's just a case of Joe, Joe needing to start speaking. Um, but I guess we have known Joe since he came to this country, and I think it's been amazing to see how God's used his life in various different ministries and ways, and how he's just one of the guys who just gets on with stuff, and he serves, and kind of, it's just been amazing to see the doors God has opened for him. Um, so take us away, Joe. Yeah. Thanks, Laura. Uh, good morning, church. Um, hopefully you can all hear me. If so, just raise your hands. Um, great. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Took some time to kind of put this together. Uh, I had to contextualize things into bullet points so that I can try and make it snappy <laughs> as best as possible, just because there's a lot. Um, but I'll, I'll just get started. I just kind of put testimony, John 14, 6. As we all know, that's in relation to Jesus just saying or stating that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So that has kind of been the nutshell of my life in a sense that um, um, God has kind of been there from the start. Retrospectively, if I was to look at, at the way my life kind of was put together. Um, so <clears throat> I will start by saying that actually I have four fathers. Okay, I have my real father, birth father, who I didn't really know much of. Um, I was put into foster care as a child um, and, um, and was kind of put through seven different families before I met Rod and Barbara, which is my, real, my, my foster family, um, which eventually did adopt me um, when I was about 15. Um, and and it, there was this kind of this process of getting to used to different families um, just because as a child I didn't really have much of a trust because I was just kind of moved around the social um, before I met uh, Rod and Barbara. Um, and so um, the, the, the family that I was raised in wasn't necessarily um, a Christian family, they, they were well, my mother was God-fearing, my father didn't really want to have much to do with it. Um, and he kind of, they still raised us in moral sort of values and things, which was great. Um, and, but the grandmother of the family was very God-fearing. And every time we used to go in up for Christmas to spend a week or two, um, she would come into the bedrooms at night time and pray over the children um, and teach us how to pray. Um, and that was kind of my first beginning and understandings of who God was and also learning about Jesus um, as a child. Um, and so that, that at least God was there from the start um, for me. 
my Will family, as I found out later in life, were very, very God-fearing and, and, and definitely did um, actually go to church and things. It's just that I didn't know about it. Um, so I seem to have a, a long lineage of God-fearing um, ancestors. Um, so I said four fathers. So I have my, my birth father, the father that I was raised with, which is Rod. Um, I have John, who is my father-in-law, and my fourth father is God, um, who ultimately is, is the greatest father of all fathers. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't until I was about 15 that I decided to start getting some sort of revelational dreams from God, um, going to be lifted into heaven um, and sort of almost seeing kind of revelational events. Um, and, and as I was kind of going through the motions, I kept recognizing this church, which was called St. Paul's in Auckland that had John 14, six, and I'd always see it as I was going up on the bus and it would always kind of stick out with me. Um, and it was kind of God's way of reminding me of, of who Jesus is. Um, <clears throat> Um, <clears throat> so it, it was a tough time for me because for most of my life I, did, I, wasn't, I wasn't raised as a Christian um, but I was always interested in, in who God was and who, who Jesus was um, and um, you know I had, had a father that was very critical of religion and so it, it was hard for me to, to sort of learn about these things without um, it being kind of confronted as something that was weak or something that was that wasn't necessarily good for me, um, and it might have just been a protective thing uh, for family and for parents. Um, I started going flatting when I was about eighteen, and um, about a year into it, I came across some lads on the street that were praying for people, and they, they prayed for me. And, and um, I'm always up for somebody praying for me, even though I wasn't necessarily that God-fearing at that point, but I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> and um, about two months down the track, just kind of clicked with me that maybe we need to get a hold of these guys and, and, um, and see where that takes us. So um, I gave them a call because I had their number. They left us a little business card and said, if you want to touch base with us, just give us a call. So I did. And um, it was probably about an hour after I called them, they turned up and uh, they took us out for dinner and stuff and chatted and things. And probably about a week down the track, um, I got baptized uh, in our local um, Iraqi basin. So I learned a lot in a very short space of time. Um, and then eventually I agreed to sort of flatten with some Christian lads. Um, and my learning began from that point. Um, so we're getting up early, reading the Bible and scriptures and things, um, read through the Bible a lot. Um, and then we went to church. Um, the church at that point was the Church of Christ. Didn't know that much about church at this stage, all the different denominations and things. Um, but this church was very strong in the word, but didn't seem to want to have anything to do with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when I questioned it, um, it was pretty much an understanding that the gifts of the Holy Spirit was a thing of the past. 
Um, so I didn't get to know much about it because uh, it wasn't taught. Um, so <clears throat> I struggled with that because I was reading about it and wondering, well, there's nothing in here that says that the gifts of the Holy Spirit has ever come to the end. Um, and during that process, I actually came across my brother on the streets, um, which I, I, I knew, knew about and met when I was younger. But he was, he was drunk and he was basically homeless. Um, and so I recognized him and I took him back home uh, to my flat. And I basically looked after him for a couple of weeks, kind of nursed him back to good health and things. He did have a mental health issues, which I didn't really understand much about in the, at my age. Um, so I did struggle with trying to support him. Um, but I took him to church and the church at that time did know about my brother. But um, I think they, they didn't necessarily know how to, to sort of cope with him because of his mental health issues. Um, so that I kind of took that to heart. And as a result, I ended up leaving that church just because I struggled with a few things. One, because I didn't talk much about the Holy Spirit, and two, um, because my brother was kind of an outcast, at least. I just didn't know how to support him and didn't necessarily want to support him either. So as a result, um, I kind of lived a very kind of pagan life, I suppose you could say. Um, ended up flatting with some school friends, uh, worked, um, at that time, which was in the 1997s, all of a sudden, uh, the new sound of rave music and all that stuff started kicking in. Um, and, and so I kind of linked in with students from different universities and things and kind of was involved in that world for some time. So it became very new agey, I suppose, in that sense, when I retrospectively look at it. Um, but during that time, I still had this affinity towards God. Um, I still always looked at the positive, always looked for sound that sounded positive and good. Um, and being in the world of the rave music and stuff, there was always this kind of lure back to the dark darkness and the sound that it can actually turn into if it's not uh, watched. Um, and then... Um, there was a stage in the year 2000 when I was DJing and I experienced um, apparitions of, unfortunately, demons that were coming up and basically saying horrible things over us. Um, and so I kind of just stopped DJing and walked away from it. Um, and that was my first form of repentance to God because I actually cried out to the Lord at that point and apologized for kind of going off track. Um, and, and losing track of where I was in life. Um, <clears throat> in 2004, um, I was going out with a girl at the time and um, she introduced me to a church called Equippers Church. Um, and actually, I really enjoyed it. It was only there a couple of times, but it stuck with me. I, I wasn't ready to go back to church then, but um, I saw something in it that I hadn't experienced before, and I think it was because they they had this really nice, healthy balance of the word, but also they they spoke about the Holy Spirit, which was you know an answer that had never been answered as to why is there the, this Holy Spirit uh, and what is it. Um, um, but it wasn't really until 2005 
But my, my brother actually came to visit us. He was staying with a pastor at the time and they'd been looking after him. So at least I found out my brother had actually gone down the right track and actually joined the church because I wasn't in church at the time. Um, and um, my brother's final words to me really was that, you know, you introduced me to God and, and I'm just kind of returning the faith that you need to go back to Christ. Uh, that's what I really sense. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of, I, I took that on the chin for my brother, but I wasn't necessarily ready for that. Um, and, and so it wasn't until late 2005 that my brother had passed away. Um, so it was, uh, it was a tough year for us because I was having to come to terms with a lot of changes, um, physically, you know, mentally as well as spiritually. Um, and then it was basically on the cusp of 2005 and 2006 that, that actually um, I was watching some TV, feeling a little bit down and out as, as you know, just everything was coming to a kind of to a climax. And, and this, this message just came up about Jesus Christ and it talked about um, uh, John 14, 6. And that was... <clears throat> um, sorry, um, that was the way when um, this really strong presence uh, came over us from the Lord, and just basically just said, "Now's the time." You know, the Father is crying out for you to come back to us. So I did. <clears throat> um, so the next day, it was a Sunday, and I knew exactly which church to go to. So I went to Equippers and um, it was just through the worship that I was sort of still crying out to the Lord and there was this really warm hand that came on my back. And as I looked around, there was nobody behind us, but yet there was this hand on my back. Um, and it was just kind of like this healing hand just trying to kind of to, to help with recovering. Um, <clears throat> so, um, I spent the next basically, uh, three years just trying to get myself right with the Lord, uh, learning about ways of God, um, through Equippers Church. And they were a very strong church, um, very much like Hillsong, large, kind of like a train center of a station of internationals from all over the world. Um, so it, it just really gelled with me and it was, it was in 2007 that I ended up meeting Rebecca, my lovely wife, um, and the Lord kind of just brought about, um, that whole process, um, where eventually I ended up in England and arrived in 2009. That was a big faith uh, decision making as well because I came over with just a suitcase and a laptop and um, and everything else had been sold and, and left behind. Um, didn't know what I was coming to or the families or the church that I was about to encounter. But um, it was it was wonderful from the start because uh, that first night that I arrived. Um, I came into the Bay Church, and um, I think it was a nighttime session of some sort, and um, there was the strong presence in there, 
which you know I, I'm familiar with, but it was it was like a presence of well, at least there was this voice that kind of came into my sort of being where it just said, welcome home. And soon after that, um, it was Marcus and Ali that came up to me and said, oh, we just want to say welcome. And we just saw this vision of you entering the church and you had all this, this entourage of horses and flags coming in with you. Um, and uh, it was really nice to kind of meet them and get to know the family. Uh, of the Bay Church on that point. Um, so it's been wonderful from that point moving forward. I've grown a lot since I've been in the Bay Church. Um, I learned a lot about myself, a lot about everybody that's in the church and the changes that have taken place. Um, it's helped me grow a lot. Um, what's happening in my life now? Well, obviously, uh, we're all still a bit in lockdown. But for the last couple of weeks, um, I've been kind of on a, a healthy diet plan to try and lose weight, which I've lost about two stone already, which I'm really happy about. So I'm heading in the right direction. Um, so the Lord's kind of blessing me with, with, um, with, with just making the right health choices and things. Um, and I've been involved in doing some international sort of burn 24 seven DJing for DJ unity, which has been great. So kind of reaching out to the, to, to, to everybody else out there. That's, um, that's maybe into that sort of thing. Um, and, um, what's it got involved with a Keith Luca thing called drunk with victory. Um, and, it, and, and I wasn't necessarily into it at first. My ex was, the first part of the week and she kept telling me about it and I keep resisting for some reason. <laughs> but during that process, um, I was getting these really freaky God dreams. And I, in total, I've had four really amazing God dreams during that whole process. Um, so it wasn't until by the second dream that I actually decided to start looking into what Drunk with Victory was all about. Um, and when I jumped on board, uh, they, were, they were talking about dream interpretation at that point. Um, so, um, I've had four amazing dreams, one where I was in heaven and Jesus was showing me about and, um, talked to me about the currency of heaven. I'm just summarizing because these dreams, are, there's a lot that goes on in them, so I won't tell you. Um, and the second dream I had was flying over streets, uh, meeting my wife, Elizabeth, Pat and Isabel. Um, and many of us know Isabel, who's, who's with the father now. Um, and so I was, I was just flying, and then I met with them on the streets sometime and just said hi. And, and they um, didn't seem too worried about me flying about for some reason. So it was quite interesting. Um, and then second dream was May, a uh, third dream, sorry, was uh, flying over valleys, uh, entering a church. I ended up doing some sound checking for Keith Luca. Um, he presented me with a picture that um, talked about the sun was seeing signs and wonders. And then I stepped into the picture and all of a sudden I was in this, uh, another heavenly realm of some sort um, where the, the skies were deep pinks and blues and greens and there were valleys and mountains and things. Um, it was, and you could see the universe on one side and, 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 and other elements of the earth on the other. Um, and my fourth dream, um, it was like I had been released from some kind of prison and I'd been hunted. I was 
to be hunted by something. So I was kind of running through valleys and things and, and hiding in bushes and stuff. And then there was this kind of realization that I can fly. So I flew and the point of me escaping from the prison was that it was a test to see if I could get to the mountain of God. Um, and when I realized I could fly, I actually flew up to the mountain of God and landed in this forest. And there was this marketplace um, where all these people were about. And they were just, there was this nice shalom of God's father, sort of presence there. And there were like these students um, and they were building this tent and on the signpost of the tent it said the mountain of God. Um, and that's kind of when I woke up. But um, that's kind of what's happening with me at the moment. I know it's probably a lot to take in. Um, I've had to bullet point it because uh, there's a lot. <laughs> um, I'm sorry if I've kind of rushed through things, but that's where I'm at for now. But, uh, thanks for listening. Thank you, Joe. You're I welcome. Love hearing people's testimonies. I think it's a 